A couple of weeks ago, Abby's Warner was teaching her class when all of a sudden, a six-year-old boy out of nowhere, we're told, pulled out a gun and fired upon this teacher. And for a while, that was the narrative that people were going with. Now, some people, of course, tried to make the narrative and spin the narrative into, oh my god, look at the white privilege. A six-year-old white boy shot his teacher. How dare white kids do this? White parents are so bad. Gosh, white people ruin everything. But of course, that was quickly debunked when we discovered that the child was black. And what we ended up finding out was that the whole out-of-nowhere narrative is actually just as ridiculous as the white privilege narrative in this instance, because it appears that this child had a long history of disciplinary problems that were often ignored, including issues that specific day involving the idea that this kid had a gun and nobody wanted to do anything because... How could you do something if that would be considered maybe to be racially profiling against this child? So today what we're going to do is we're going to go over this case. We're going to talk about this because now the teacher has actually filed a suit against the school district. The superintendent has stepped down. And I think we've gotten enough distance between this story that we can actually determine what happened in this case without all the sensationalism that was immediately attached to this when we didn't know very much. And the first thing that I want to get into is the history of this kid because I think this is crucial for you to understand and it's also important for you to understand that policies about equity and suspensions that say oh well we're suspending black kids way more than white kids we're not going to acknowledge the fact that they behave way different than white kids therefore racism led to this kid being able to go unchallenged throughout the school time and time again despite obvious warning signs but before we get into that this video is not sponsored this one is for my members over at actualjusticewarrior.com slash join get your early access to my videos on your secret video page also my supporters from patreon subscribe star and uh, members on youtube let's get into the story it was this wednesday night the teacher who was shot by her six-year-old student tonight arguing the school was warned three times on that very day that the boy could have a gun and that he was making threats her lawyer tonight now revealing a chilling timeline here, also revealing the teacher still has that bullet lodged in her chest. Now look, while these warnings that happened that very day were ignored and that unfortunately nearly cost this teacher her life, in reality, this story actually goes back a little bit further because if all of a sudden you're getting all these claims related to whether or not this kid could have had a gun same day, you could understand if it's this angel-behaved child normally how this normally wouldn't be a thing that would cause the red flags. So we're going to set aside what happened for that day for a little bit later and go into the history of this child because he had a long history of disciplinary issues, violent issues, all kinds of problems in the school, and the school was not allowed to implement consequences against this kid that made any sense. So the student in question in this first grade class constantly attacked staff verbally by swearing at teachers and students as well, including whipping other students with his belt and he once actually choked the teacher out until the point where the teacher was going to fall unconscious. Now this, as well as many other instances, are noted in her complaint, which I recommend you read so you can understand what an absolute monster this kid was to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But needless to say, this would be a situation where you would want to implement some consequences against this kid, but for the most part, warnings about his behavior went unheard. It wasn't until this kid actually slammed the teacher's phone, breaking it, 
two days prior to the shooting that there were some actual consequences implemented. And despite the long history of violent behavior, despite the fact that the parents is completely useless at getting a hold of her child, he was only suspended for one day. And this is the day that he concocted his scheme in which he was going to shoot his teacher because a six-year-old kid who is not used to any consequences in the home or any consequences in the school thinks that the slightest implementation of consequences is deserving of an attempted murder when he's raised to be a little monster. Again, this is one of those mothers that likely always takes the side of her boy, and when her boy does something wrong, she's the first one to throw out the racism allegations against people. These are the people who benefit from the equity and suspension policy, from the soft treatment that likely, if it did not exist, could have corrected some of this bad behavior of this kid, and then a teacher wouldn't have been critically wounded and in fear for her life while teaching in school. Here's our chief justice correspondent, Pierre Thomas, tonight. Two weeks after she was shot by her six-year-old student in an attack that stunned the nation, teacher Abby Zawerner is breaking her silence. Her attorney accusing the school of failing to stop the violence, despite multiple warnings, the boy was dangerous. However, what we learned through this complaint is that this instance is actually significantly worse, if you can believe it, than a first grader managing to get a firearm into the school and then shooting at his first grade teacher. Throughout the course of the day, there were warning signs, there were specific warnings, three of them, that were basically ignored by the staff. So I just want to point out that this took place on January 6th, aka the darkest day in our republic history where were you january 6th i was in a car dealership trying to buy a car and then the guy tried to tell me that frame damage wasn't serious damage and i didn't believe him i thought frame damage was serious and then i looked up on the tv and guess what i saw i saw our republic getting frame damage i saw democracy worldwide getting frame damage where were you january 6th let me know down in the comments below down in the comments below. down where 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 were you three times School administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school, but the administration could not be bothered. That lawyer laying out a string of red flags that day, saying it was a Werner who first reported that the boy had threatened to beat up another child. So even though the three warnings about the gun are absolutely crucial in terms of the legal case and in terms of the school's utter failure, I also want to point out that this kid, off of a suspension, was threatening to beat up another kid early in the morning, right when he got to school, and he had a long history of violence, and this is a pattern of behavior that was just ignored completely by the school. Again, this is due to the fact that we've introduced this equity and suspensions policy, which says that if you suspend black kids, even if their behavior is different, disproportionately to their population, your school can be deemed racist and be liable. So what ends up happening is everybody goes ultra soft. We get the soft bigotry of no expectations. And this kid off of a suspension, despite a long history, is allowed to coast, not even get removed from the classroom, despite the fact that he's threatening other kids. They didn't call security. They didn't remove the student from the classroom. After getting a tip about a gun, another teacher searched the boy's backpack an hour later, but found nothing. When that same teacher warned the gun could be in the pocket, a school official allegedly dismissed the threat. The administrator downplayed the report from the teacher and the possibility of a gun, saying, and I quote, well, he has little pockets. So this is actually incredibly crucial because one of the solutions being put forward by school officials post this incident 
is to force all the children to bring clear backpacks to the school. They're not going to change the disciplinary policy. They're not going to actually suspend kids who commit violence against other students and against teachers. They're not going to haul in the parents and tell them that they need to straighten out their kid. They're going to make them wear clear backpacks, even though this kid didn't have the firearm in his backpack. He had the firearm in his pocket and nobody wanted to search the kid because think about how racist it would be to search the pocket of a six-year-old kid for a gun. Oh my God, do you think a six-year-old black kid would actually carry a gun? What are you, racist? A half hour later, Zawirna's lawyer claims a third teacher reported a student who was crying because the six-year-old had threatened him with a gun during recess. But again, no action. Did administrators call the police? No. Did administrators lock down the school? No. Look, I feel absolutely horrible for Abby's Warner. I mean, she put up the warnings. There were all these red flags. This kid was obviously a repeat problem in her classroom and for the other students and for the other teachers. And now, as a consequence of the dereliction of duty of school officials, she's going to have a bullet in her chest for the rest of her life. But the thing is, is that that kid also threatened another student. A first grader threatened likely another first grader at recess with shooting him this kid with a long history of violence in a country where we're supposedly so concerned about school shootings that after the columbine incident we ended up arresting a kid for chewing up a pop tart and pointing it as a gun now a kid says he threatened me with a gun i'm scared that i'm gonna die and that's just let go that was just no big deal it's just a student it's just a first grader think about how you feel if you're a parent already by the fact that this kid was able to bring a gun and fire it off into the classroom unchallenged but think about how you feel now knowing that he likely if he was angry enough would have shot one of the other students if he just decided that's what he wanted to do this kid had a bad attitude a bad problem he was ready to roll ready to kill it's not just on the parents that let this kid have access to that firearm it's also on the school officials who were more concerned about not seeming racist than actually protecting the students in the class a kid was threatened with a gun and they didn't do anything they already had a report at that point from earlier in the day from another teacher that this kid had a gun on him they searched his backpack refused to search his his pocket these two dots clearly i know two dots make a line and not a pattern but this is a very distinct line and they still decided to do nothing long pattern of behavior let's dismiss it because we have to have the politically correct attitude even if it costs your kids their lives finally zawerner claims another concerned staffer asked to pat down and search the boy but was denied told to wait the situation out because the school day was almost over so now you have your pattern by the way now it's not two dots related to a gun it's three distinct dots you have the threat first of all to beat up a student earlier in the day that didn't have anything to do with the gun so we'll count that as 0.5 then you have the first instance where somebody thought the kid had a gun then you have the student the first grader who was threatened to be shot by this kid then you have another staffer thinking that this kid has a gun they refuse to search his pockets they refuse to pat him down again equity and suspensions how dare they presume that this kid that now three separate people say has a gun on him actually has a gun on him that's obviously racism i mean ignore his long history of violence and then you have a staffer saying, oh, well, you know what? It's close to the end of the school day, so no big deal. Meaning, if he had a gun on him and he intended to use it, 
hopefully he'll wait till the end of the school day and then we can move on with our lives. Then it's somebody else's problem. He hurts himself. He hurts another student. No big deal as long as it's after school because we don't want to be one of those schools that has to search a kid for a gun. We would way rather be the school where a six-year-old was able to fire a shot into the chest of his teacher putting other students in danger. That That's definitely a better result, a better outcome for this classroom. Parents of the six-year-old suspect say he suffers from an acute disability and claim the shooting occurred during the first week he attended class without a parent. You know, people's first instinct is to throw blame and shade onto the parents, and I totally understand that. You made a mistake, your kid got access to a firearm, and it could have led, and in this case, it did lead to somebody getting really hurt. However, I do have a little bit of sympathy for parents who inadvertently make an error and then their kid ends up with the gun because that's a nightmare situation for the parents as well. But these parents are definitely in the unsympathetic category because everything I've seen from the parents has just been an obfuscation of responsibility and terrible quote after terrible quote. There was a statement made from them early on about how the teacher decided to try to disarm the kid and that's why she got shot. As if the teacher trying to remove a gun from the hand of a six-year-old, is the problem in this situation. It's insane that they would even say it that way. I'm hoping for the love of God, that's a quote out of context. But now they're going with, oh, our kid's a disabled, he has an acute disability, meaning a sudden disability, and it's really, it's, it's nobody's fault, he's just a disabled. It's no big deal. I mean, I mean, we let him have access to a gun and he's a disabled. So apparently they knew that he had significant problems and they were like, ah, well, it's, you know, what are you gonna do? Throw your hands up there, it's totally fine. Don't, don't be so upset. But tonight, Abby Zawerna remains at home healing. We learned today that bullet is still lodged in her chest. The road to full recovery will be long. The psychological wounds cut deeply and remain fresh. Look, it's 100% true. She's in for a long physical and emotional recovery. That's just a fact. Obviously, you don't just get over a kid in your class at six years old pulling out a gun and shooting you, especially when there were all these warning signs ignored by your employer who just didn't want to get involved because, again, they were more concerned with being perceived as potentially evil white racists than the actual danger of the situation. That being said... It's just a terrible story all the way around. The fact that the race grifters tried to make this a white kid and then were proven wrong. The fact that the school is pitching as a solution clear backpacks so you could see the gun when they searched the kid's backpack and he had the gun in his pocket. And the issue is their disciplinary policies and the fact that staffers would rather seem woke than actually do their job and secure the school is also very troubling. But hey... Those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you liked the video, you show them by leaving a like. Subscribe for more content. Follow me on all my social media. Support me via the support links in the description box of this video. This has been me talking about how equity and suspensions, once again, leads to dire consequences. Till next time.